Why don't we lift up our hands and just call on the name of the Lord right now. Call on the name of Jesus. Go ahead and pray the name of the Lord over your family, over situations, over your children. If you have grandchildren, don't you just pray the name of Jesus. Call the name of the Lord. I just failed to do this real quick. Just call the name of Jesus over, over your family, over your relationship. Maybe over your children, your grandchildren. I pray the name of Jesus over my family. God, I pray your name. I pray Jesus, your holy name over this church, our church family. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. God, I pray peace that passeth understanding in Jesus' name. God, I give you glory and praise for it in Jesus' name. God, I pray deliverance in Jesus' name. Blessing in Jesus' name. Provision in Jesus' name. Your word says whatsoever we do in word or deed, do all in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. In your name, Lord. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Can we shout in Jesus' name? Praise God, praise God. Amen. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Thankful that we are a people of the name. I said we are a people of the name. There's no other name that can save. There's no other name that can heal. There's no other name but the name of Jesus. Praise God. Thankful for the name today. And I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus. Amen. Thankful. Amen. Brother Bryson started the service off talking about Thanksgiving. And I am thankful for the Lord tonight. Thankful for the blood. Thankful for the name. Praise God. We are a people of the name. Amen. So good to be in the presence of the Lord. So good to feel the presence of the Lord in the house. Amen. Good to see everybody here tonight that was able to come. And uh, good to see the Shadden family. God bless you guys. Good to see you, all of you. Amen. So glad to see y'all and able to be with us tonight. And uh, just want you to make yourself at home. Jerry, not a stranger to been here before. Amen. And it's good to see you and all the family. Amen. And it's so good to just be among God's people. Amen. Appreciated, Brother Tracy, just going with what he felt this morning. Amen. Preaching, teaching, talking, and encouraging us to, amen, to be loving one toward another. Felt the spirit of unity move in this place. Amen. It's hard not to be in unity when you have love one for another. Amen. And I love the church family. I love the body of Christ. Amen. I'm thankful that God allowed me in His mercy and grace to be a part of His body, His family. Amen. Tonight is a very special occasion very special time 
will be. We call it a communion service. And I'll be preaching for a few minutes on communion. And I think it's one of my favorite, if not my favorite, service of the year. We have traditionally here had communion service once a year. Usually at the beginning of the year, we will, I'm sure, continue to do that. But I just felt, we felt, my wife and I had been talking about this. And I felt that uh, we should maybe halfway through the year revisit communion. Because I believe God has some great things in store for the Apostolic Rock Church. Amen. Praise God. And if you need a thesis, I'm going to share my thesis right now. I believe that for us to receive the blessing and revival and promise of God, we have got to be in one mind and one accord. Amen. Amen. I believe there's getting ready to be a great revival. I believe there's going to be brokenness mended. Relationships healed. Hearts mended by the blood of the Lamb. And a powerful move of the Holy Ghost. Not just in the body, but for those that are not part, but will come in and be a, become a part of the body. Amen. And for them to come in and be part of the body, the body must be ready to receive. Amen. And so I, I just, I've just feel like we, we, this morning, amen, there was such a spirit of love and unity. And I think that's absolutely necessary moving into a communion service like tonight. We didn't sing songs about the blood. We usually do. And uh, we kind of, and I, but I have enjoyed just the praise and worship, just magnifying and giving God glory. And uh, <clears throat> it's just been a great service this morning and tonight. Just enjoyed the day. And I will go through my notes and whatever God puts on my heart to say. As, but I don't want to hurry through. I know we have the foot washing coming. But I, I feel it's absolutely necessary that I spend a few minutes tonight talking speaking about what communion is to the body of Christ. Amen. So if you have a Bible and you'd like to go with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10. If you'd like to read along at the screen. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse number 16 and 17. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? And the bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we being many are one bread and one body. For we are all partakers of that one bread. Usually I just title communion service, communion service. <laughs> but I just felt 
this afternoon in prayer and studying to title this tonight communion service partaking to take part partaking to take part would you help me pray that God will talk to us and minister to this house tonight Lord we give you glory and praise and we thank you for the price that you paid at Calvary we thank you that you have opened a way that you have opened a door of escape that you have there's still a straight gate and a narrow way that leads to eternal life we thank you Lord that you have shown it to us through your word we give you glory and praise and honor and I ask that you would minister to me and through me tonight give us ears to hear what thus saith the word of the Lord has for us tonight in Jesus name I pray let the church say amen Amen. Why don't you give the Lord a hand clap of praise as you're seated tonight. I do believe that communion service is an absolute essentiality to staying saved and staying connected to the body of Christ. Praise God. And we are the bride of Christ. He's the husband of the church. We are the bride of Christ. God loves his bride. He loves the church. He loves his body. Just as God told Adam and Eve, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, shall cleave to his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Praise God. That verse is throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. Word for word, it's mentioned several times by different writers and authors that, that a man is the husband to a wife. And they are one flesh. They are considered in the eyes of God one body. And as we are part of the church, we are part of His body, the bride of Christ. Does that make sense? All right. The Bible says in our, in our text here that it says that we are all partakers of that one bread. That word partakers is a Greek word, mateko, which means to belong to. If we do not have communion, we do not belong to the body of Christ. A lot of people say, I'm part of the church, but without partaking in communion, they have no part. They do not belong to the body of Christ. And I'm thankful I belong to the body of Christ. I belong to the church. I'm part of the bride of Christ. Thank God for the church. Praise God. And to not partake would be to disconnect oneself from Him, from the body of Christ. I do not want to ever become disconnected and do not ever want my relationship to get disconnected. Amen. I received a call just before church or about an hour before church and they were driving on the road out of state and they called and they were driving obviously in some out in the country someplace and it, the call kept dropping and I, we were disconnected three different times and on the fourth time it wasn't the third time was a charm the fourth time was a charm and, and so after the fourth time calling back and forth back and forth we finally were able to finish a short conversation I don't want to be disconnected from him ever and it doesn't matter what kind of valley or wilderness let me just throw this in here I know this is communion service but I don't care what you're going through amen you'll never become disconnected from him if you're in, in the body of Christ he'll know exactly where you are he'll hear your prayer amen you'll never walk through a situation that God can't hear your prayer 
You may not get a satellite coverage, but he's everywhere. <laughs> Amen. You don't have to have a satellite or Verizon to have a talk with Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Well, I better get back to the notes. Paul's last word to the church in Corinth is found in 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14. He said, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God that you preached on this morning and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Communion, koinonia, it's the word there. A partnership or a fellowship of life in marriage. It's that husband and wife relationship. We are the bride of Christ. He said we should always have communion, a relationship with the Lord. Praise God. Communion is about maintaining a healthy relationship with God and the body of Christ. Can I talk to the husbands and wives for just a minute? How you communicate with one another does make a difference, does it not? <laughs> a healthy relationship must have healthy communication. Well, y'all getting quiet. When she's speaking, that's not the time, guys, to roll the eyes. I better stay in my notes. That's what communion is about. It's about communication and having a healthy relationship with the Lord and with the body of Christ. There's three parts of communion. It's the bread of life, the cup of life, and foot washing. A lot of people coin the phrase, we're going to have foot washing and communion. Really, that's kind of a misnomer. You have communion. Foot washing is a part of communion. Without foot washing, you're not having communion. I know of a place that they decided not to have foot washing. They decided to have communion. They didn't want to have foot washing because for whatever reason, they just decided not to have it. They had some very serious health issues to children that happened because of that. Immediately after, I don't want, I don't want, to, I want, I want the fullness of communion. I, I don't want to try to sell short. I don't want to stop short of what God has for us. Do you? Amen. Three parts of communion, the bread of life, the cup of life, and the foot washing. The bread of life in John chapter 6 verse 33 says, For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Jesus Christ is the bread of life. And a few verses later in verse 47, he said, Verily, verily. I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am that, he says it again, bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. But this is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. And if any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Praise God. Thankful for the bread of life. The word of God. Bread of life. 1 Timothy 3.16 God was manifested in the flesh. Matthew 26.26 26, And as they were eating, 
Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, the bread of life. And we know that when Adam and Eve sinned, they lost access to the tree of life. But at Calvary, Jesus was hung. He was crucified on the cross. That was the tree of life in His body. And His blood was given for us, giving us access again to the... This is off of the Holy Ghost right now. Back, we have access back to the tree of life because of Calvary. Without communion, you lose access. Without partaking in the bread of life, you lose eternal life. Adam and Eve were not going to die as long as they had access to the tree. But because of sin, they lost access and they died. But when, because of Calvary, we now have access. The veil was rent. His flesh was torn. The veil was rent from top to bottom. He said the veil was his flesh. So that we could have access into the holiest of holy. About communion. It's all about relationship. And that's what the cross was. It was the tree of life. And the bread of life is the fruit of the tree. It was his body that hung on the cross. You're not catching His body is the fruit of eternal life. The bread of life that, was, that hung on the cross. Saying, whosoever will, let him come. Who wants to eat from the tree of life, let him come. He said, I am come that you might have life. And that we might have it more abundantly. Thank God for the tree of life. And for the fruit that came from the tree. Revelations 2 and 7, to him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Can I tell you at communion, we are already getting, oh man, we get to partake of the tree of life right here. Judgment begins where? At the house of Thank God for the body of Christ. Thank God for the bread of life. Yeah, my body may go by the way of the grave, but my spirit, my soul, has eternal life in Christ. Revelations 22, 14. Blessed are they that do His commandments, that they might have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. You have to have right to the tree of life to get through the gate. Let me tell you, it's kind of, don't get the cart before the horse. You can't get to Jesus. You can't wait to get to Jesus. And, but, and to, you, you got to get to Jesus now to get through the gate. You can't try to, I'm going to get to the gate in heaven. Just everybody will get saved. Just everybody's going to make it. And then they'll have access to Christ. No, you got access now. You got to get Christ now. You got to come to the tree now. You got to get saved now to even get through the gate. You can't get through the gate without communion. You can't get through the gate without a relationship. Oh, praise God. I didn't think I'd be preaching this. I thought I'd just be just talking and sharing these verses. And then we'll just... I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Communion gives us access. Communion protects our access. Our text, he said, the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ and the bread which we break? Is it not the communion of the body of Christ? 
For we being many are one bread and one body. For we are all partakers of that one bread. You have to partake of the bread to take part in eternal life. You, you have to take part in communion here to have communion with him up there. I'm thankful for communion. I'm thankful for the cross. I'm thankful that we, for the bread of life and the cup of life and for foot washing. Because it gives me access to eternal life with Christ over there. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 24. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also he took the cup which he had supped, saying, The cup is the New Testament of my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show or proclaim the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. So people often say, I'm not worthy to partake. And so they, they are fearful of participating and partaking in communion. Because of the word there, they read it unworthily in the English language. But originally, the word there, Greek, was anaxios or anaxios. It means to take part irreverently. There's not a single one of us here tonight that are perfect. But it is something we do in reverence to Him. We partake in communion and foot washing. Our sins are remitted again. Our sins are washed away. If there be anything that we've done since the last time, they're washed again until His coming. Back and forth. The cross went. The Old Testament, the blood would push their sins all ahead one year up to Christ. But then after Christ, he said, this is going to go back and finish it for the Old Testament. I've come to fulfill the law, but I'm also extending mercy and grace through my blood throughout the New Testament. Yeah, you've got to be baptized in Jesus' name. You have to have your sins washed away. That's when the blood of Christ is applied. But it's through communion that we are rewashed and renewed. It says, but let every man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. That's why we say, if you're, if you're not, if there's someone that's not reverent or they don't understand, I, I would say not to participate. But if someone is reverent and they say, I don't, I don't measure up, I'm just thankful for, the, that God saw, for His mercy, that God somehow in His mercy and grace saw fit to open a door of access and allow me to have communion. I, I don't, I'm not worthy of myself. It's only by the mercy and grace of God. That's exactly who can participate. Romans 3, 23, Paul wrote, wrote and he said, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 
being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are past and through the forbearance of God. For all have sinned, come short, but oh, thank God for the blood. Praise God. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the bread of life. And I'm thankful we will be able to partake in the bread of life. Second part to communion is the cup of life. Leviticus 17 and 11, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For the, it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. He said the life of the flesh is in the the blood. Flesh cannot live without blood. Flesh will die without the blood. You have to have both. But blood cannot move and do what it needs to do without the flesh. You need the bread of life and the cup of life to sustain life. Hello? My body had no blood. My body can't live. But if my blood had no body, my blood would just be a puddle and... There would be no life in the body. You have to have one, has to have the other. That's what communion, you have to, the bread of life has to have the cup of life. Praise the Lord. Are you all with me? Matthew 26, and as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink ye all of it for this is my blood of the New Testament. Not the Old Testament. He came to fulfill that, but this is he's going to be setting up the New Testament. Acts 2, Acts 2, 38 message, the New Testament, the day of the Pentecostal birth, the, new, the Pentecostal experience, the New Testament church, our church, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Thank God for the blood. He said life is in the cup. John 10 and 10, he said, I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Hebrews 9 and 22, without the shedding of blood, is no remission. Ephesians 1 and 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin, according to the riches of his grace. Thank God for the blood. Acts 17, 26, and hath made of one blood, his blood, all nations, red, yellow, black, white, brown, everyone, any person, any person can partake in communion. His blood is for everybody. If they speak English, Spanish, Portuguese, French, Russian, Chinese, whatever it is, His blood can, still works. And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth. 1 Peter 1.18, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but it was with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. 1 Corinthians 10.16, The cup of blessing which we bless. Is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? Paul asked. Communion, the cup. That we will partake is we are partaking of eternal life already. The cup of life contains the blood of Jesus. And it is the fruit of the perfect vine. 
And I want to take just a moment to talk about the cup. John 15 and 1, Jesus said, I am the true vine. Why we drink communion wine, there's really, I think, one major reason, several, but I'll give you one. There's a reason why we drink communion wine and not just grape juice. And it is a little cup. But little is much when God is in it. You see, the process of fermentation, it creates that alcohol in, in wine. The process of fermentation, it begins three days after the skin of the grape is pressed or broken, bruised or crushed. The Bible says he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And at Calvary, they beat him, his back, his arms, his legs you talked about this morning. His, the stripes that he took, the 39, save one. Because 40 would have been completely to die. But they beat him just within an inch of his life. And then marched him up the, 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 the hill. And they nailed, nailed his hands and his feet to the cross. And they stood him up for all to see. And put a crown of thorns on his head. And he was bruised and he was crushed. And his, his skin was ripped. From his body. And I know that sounds horrible and terrible. But that's when it began. The process. Yes, sir. Of a perfect blood. Oh, man. That we could partake of. And they say that. The natural sugars. In the must. Mix with the natural yeast. On the grape. On the skin. On the outside. And when the outside. Mixes with what's on the inside. Jesus was God in the flesh. <laughs> and by being crushed and bruised, his, his humanity and the divinity of Jesus Christ mixed together. I know we preach one God. I'm still one God. Don't, get, don't be confused. But the spirit that was on the inside and the humanity, the skin of the outside mixed together to create something so powerful <laughs> that would be greater than any sin. Who oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. The blood of Jesus, the perfect spotless lamb is greater, has more power than any sin. Thank God for the blood. So when that grape is bruised, is crushed, it's ripped, a process begins. It takes three days and three nights, some of you are already ahead of me, to produce a power called alcohol within the fruit of the vine. A power that wine has 
called alcohol. It's just a small percentage. But you can take communion wine that has just a very small percentage of alcohol in it. And you can set it on the shelf. And a year from now, it'll still have the same power. Because it's the alcohol within the vessel that will continue to cleanse and cleanse and cleanse. And when things would try to come and, and contaminate the contents of the vessel, that must, that power, the alcohol within it will rise up and kill it off and cleanse what is inside the vessel. It's the reason why we use communion wine. Because I want to be cleansed every whit. I want to be cleaned. I want to be washed again. I want the power of the blood to wash and cleanse any sin stain in my life. As wine continues to age, it stays pure through the ages because it possesses a power to cleanse itself over and over and over again. This Holy Ghost that we have, the Spirit of God that we have, has the power to cleanse and cleanse and cleanse and cleanse. And next week when I, it cleanse and cleanse and cleanse and wash and sanctify and justify, His blood never loses its power. I said the blood of Jesus never loses its power. Titus 3 and 4, but after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration. That's regeneration. It's a spiritual renovation. It's a spiritual rebirth. It's a spiritual renewing. And it says, and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. That being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Can I submit to you tonight, it's the quality of the grape that determines the quality of the wine. His blood is perfect. <laughs> the Holy Ghost power of God that I have has no equal and has no substitute. There are people that have proclaimed Christianity and that have, have some degree of a walk with God, but they have stopped short of the completeness and fullness and wholeness of the plan of salvation for their life. And they, they have not partaken of the grape. They have not partaken. They have stopped just short. I'm telling you, I don't want to stop short of what, everything that God has for me. Praise God. But it's the quality the grape will always determine the quality of the wine. 1 Corinthians 12, for we, for as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, and whether we be bond or free, and have all been made to drink into that one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. We are many members, part of one body. I got five digits, five fingers over here on my right hand, part of the same body. I got five toes on this foot, five toes on my left foot, five fingers on my left hand. Many different members, but all part of the same body. 
Man, I don't care if you might be the pinky toe of the church, but you're part of the body. You may be just an earlobe, but you're part of the body. Huh? You try stubbing your pinky toe in the middle of the night. And all of a sudden, now you have a new appreciation for even the smallest. Huh? I don't care. I might be just a pinky toenail. I don't care. I'm part of the body. I might be a booger in the nose, but I'm part of the body of Christ. I'm just thankful that I'm part of the body of Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Man, we, we, I went from filling the Holy Ghost to talking about a booger in the nose. Huh? Help me. But I'm thankful for the bread of life. Second part, I'm thankful for the cup of life. And the third part of communion, I'm thankful for foot washing. Communion includes foot washing. John chapter 3, verse number 4, we read the passage where, one passage, for example, of where Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. And I'm going to read this passage, and I, I know I've gone a little bit longer, but just give me a few minutes. He riseth from supper, and he laid aside his garments, and he took a towel and girded himself. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. And then cometh Jesus to Simon Peter, and Peter said unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Are you really going to wash my feet? And Jesus answered and said unto him, what I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt he know hereafter. You don't understand everything, Peter, but you're, you're fixing to. Just Peter said unto Jesus, he said, Thou shalt never wash my feet, Jesus answered him, said, If I wash thee not. Peter's like, Jesus, you're not washing my feet. You're God in the flesh. You're Jesus. I'm just, I'm just an old fisherman here. I, It should be I washing your feet, Jesus, not you washing my feet. But this is what Jesus said. He said, if I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. That word, no part, same word as partaking. You have no share. You have no invested interest. Ready? You do not belong to me. Peter, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part with me. You don't belong to me. Simon Peter, he said, realizing that, he's like, hey, I don't ever want to be separated from the Lord. Amen. He said unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said unto him, he that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And I want to break down a couple words for just a moment. Jesus said, he that is washed, luo, it means to bathe the whole person, needeth not but to save, wash 
Another word wash, but it comes from another word nipto, to cleanse his feet. He says, I don't have to wash and give you a whole head shower. I don't have to shower you, you entirely here, Peter. But if I wash your feet, you are completely clean. You are cleansed every whit. Which means, the word wit there is holos or entirely holy. W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy, completely. Your entire soul, your entire vessel is washed when your feet are washed. He said, and you are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him. And therefore said he, you are not all clean. How about Judas? So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done unto you? You call me Master and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. And if I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, he says, you got to get this. When he says verily, verily twice, he's saying, you need to really get this part. I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, and neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. He washed the feet of his disciples as our example. And every time we participate in communion, the bread of life, the cup of life, and foot washing, anything that we've done that is undone, that is not of God, that is any mistake, any transgression, we are completely cleansed again. Regenerated. Reborn. Let me put it this way. It's like you just got baptized in Jesus' name like you did the first time. People don't have to get rebaptized and go all the way under. We, we do the first time. You accept the men be born of the water and of the Spirit. But after you've been baptized in Jesus' name, when, that's what foot washing does. It re-cleanses and washes. It's like we joke and say, well, I took a shower last week whether I needed it or not. I'll take a bath once a month, whether I need it or not. Some people ought to take two or three showers a day, praise God. That's why we're doing communion twice so far this year. Now, if God puts it on my heart to do it again, we'll do it again. Because I want to be clean. I want our church to be clean. I want to have one mind and be in one accord and one spirit. Unified for the glory and the kingdom of God. For revival. Amen. We got home from our deep sea fishing trip yesterday. Wasn't it great? Had a great time. I couldn't smell myself. I'd been in a truck with, four, with three other guys. All four of us out there on the boat. Handling fish and putting squid on hooks. I couldn't even smell myself. I thought I smelled good. Walked in the house. You need to get a shower. You know, sometimes when you're walking in this world and you're a company, you're walking around people in this sinful world, sometimes we get a little dust on our feet and we can't even. 
Maybe I need the communion more than twice a year. It's amazing what a communion can do with a, with a stinky attitude. I'm talking about, I'm preaching to self right now. Y'all just get to listen in. But for me, I feel so much better after communion. I want to love. I want to forgive. I want to be merciful. I've I got to hurry. 1 Corinthians 12 and 27. For now, now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. You see, four really four blessings that I could find, probably more than that, but there's four great blessings of foot washing. Ready? Number one, we identify as part of the body. He said, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part. You have no part. You have no part. You do not belong to me. 1 Corinthians 12 for as the body is one and hath many members, for all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. Foot washing puts us together. It binds us together. It unifies the body. The second thing foot washing does is it cleanses the one being washed. He said, he that is washed, bathe, needeth not but to wash, save to wash, nipto, to cleanse his feet but is completely clean. It's purification. It's a rebaptism. We are cleansed. We are clean. We are rewashed. We are renewed by the blood of Christ. When you wash someone's feet tonight, you are, they are being cleansed all over again. They are being renewed by the blood of Jesus Christ again. Titus 3 and 5, it was according to His mercy He saved us. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Regeneration means to form new tissue. When you wash somebody's feet, their spiritual vessel is reborn and renewed brand new again. We are new creatures in Christ Jesus. So when you wash them and you wash them, pray the name of Jesus over them. Call the name of Jesus over whoever you're washing. Because the spirit of regeneration and renewal will bless them. Praise God. 2 Corinthians 2 and 10, Paul writing, he said, To whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything to whom I forgave it, for your sakes forgive I it in the person of Jesus Christ. So when you wash their feet, you are giving them forgiveness. They are being forgiven of anything they've done since the last time. Ephesians 4.32, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Talking about the love of Christ. She talked about this morning. 1 John 1 and 9, If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The third thing of foot washing, it humbles the one washing. We take on the role of a servant just as Jesus Christ did as our example. Revelations 22, 14, blessed are they that do his commandments that they may have right to the tree of life. We go right back. How do I have access to that tree of life? I'm thankful for the tree of life. I'm thankful for the fruit, the bread of life from the tree. But I have access because, because I have the bread of life, the cup of life, and relationship through foot washing, communion with God. So it not only does it humble, but for, he said, happy are ye that do them. You know who's going to walk through the pearly gates? 
a happy people, a thankful people. You know who heaven's going to be full of? Full of happy people. Full of, hey, I was so, I'm so thankful just to be here. I just, isn't this the most amazing thing? Heaven's going to be a happy place. You know what? The church is also a happy place. Because this is heaven on earth. We used to sing that song in Sunday school. We're a happy people. Yes, we are. But the Lord said, happy, happy are ye that do them. He was talking about communion. He was talking about participating, being a part. Happy are ye that do them. And so tonight, again, if you have children here, I always defer to the parent to be the determining factor whether you feel like your children are old enough or in a position to discern and reverently participate. It is entirely up to you as the parent. But we certainly come to this point of the service with all reverence and it's a somber occasion. Because, again, I believe it is absolutely essential for our own salvation to partake in the bread of life, in the cup of life, and in foot washing. In a few minutes, we will, men will go to the back and the ladies will be in, stay in here and we will have foot washing. But we will begin with the communion of the bread of life and the cup of life. And so I would like for, for the cavernous Brother Monks to come. I'd like two of our elders tonight to come. If you would stand. In a moment we will dismiss you and have you come up this aisle, come this direction so we don't get bottlenecked and we'll come through and receive the cup and receive the bread and then if you would just kind of move over to the side or back up. I'd like for everyone to stay in the front. After you receive it, just stay in the front. And please wait until everyone gets the cup and everyone has received, and then we will partake together in a spirit of unity, if that would be all right. Amen. Brother Monks, would you ask the Lord to bless the cup of life, the bread of life, to the body of Christ tonight?